Hello, and God bless you. This is Pastor Jeremy once again coming to you on our podcast. This is now our 12th podcast in the last 12 days. And in the last few podcasts, we have been um, in the story of uh, Lazarus and using that story as a template. And we've been going into some deep, deep uh, uh, meaning, meaningful things that happen in the story that really speak to us and point to what is taking place today. But uh, before we go into our our, our, our story and the study, I, I just want to take a moment to to reflect uh, some things that we were sharing amongst ourselves uh, before the podcast. But one of the things that this coronavirus has brought, if you have eyes to see, is it's really, we are seeing really the, it's bringing out really what's in the hearts of many shepherds, of many people that call themselves apostles, prophets, pastors, teachers. We are seeing uh, really what's in their heart. I, I was sharing with them of a video that I was seeing. It was, it's a compila- compilation of, of different pastors. And I mean, if I don't see it, it, it'd be hard to believe what I'm hearing. But I saw this, them saying these things. One of the pastors that I saw somewhere in Central America, him and his wife called his church into a uh, some type of through an app to meet together, and the news that they had for the church is not how you're doing, uh, what's going on, you know, what can we do to serve you. The news was to give them six, seven, six or seven different ways that they can give their tithe. Now think about that, in a time where people are struggling. In a time where people have needs, this is what these pastors were saying. Uh, these are seven ways that you can give. And it gets even worse. Another one said that God had instructed him to mix this oil with this other substance. And he says, this has been made specifically for you. He says, and if you want this special anointing that's going to cover you from the coronavirus, you need to give such and such amount of money. Now think about that. That's ridiculous. Another one, another pastor that I heard, another ministry that I heard was one, this was, this was on his website. He, as he was instructing them about the coronavirus, on the third instruction, it was that they were going to be making a special prayer for all the families of the congregation. But then it says there, but before we do that, we're going to be checking the church account to see who has given who has given their tithe. <laughs> Think about that, brothers. Who has given their tithe? And those who have been given their tithes are the ones that will be prayed for. Those who did not give, you know, all of these are plots and ploys because they are worried of what is happening. They're revealing that they care more about money. And this last one, and this is one of the biggest uh, so-called apostles. He is out of uh, Florida. He looked right right into the camera, and using the book of Acts, he said that he asked a question, you know, on, on, on the camera. He said, do you really think that God is pleased without with us closing our churches? And I'm thinking in my mind, Yes, he, that's exactly what he intended to do. See, the, 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 the ministry today, 
the ministers today are blinded. They're not taking the time to reflect why our churches are closed, what what is going on. We are more worried about our tithes, our offering, how we're going to pay our Lear jets, our mansions, how we're going to be able to, to pay the lavish living that these ministers live in. And they're not reflecting on the fact that God is wanting us not to go reassess, not to go reinvent our ministry, not to go and, and, and take account maybe what we could do different. No, God, as, 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 we see, as we've been pointing out in the story of Lazarus, this coronavirus is also bringing and showing the true colors, the true intentions of this false church and false ministers. Where are they? Where are the ministers that care for the soul of the, land, of the sheep? This is where we find ourselves, and I just wanted to bring that out. And so, uh, Amen. I'll leave yeah, it here. I would, I would, I would say uh, that's exactly what we're going to talk about today. John 11, right? Um, yes. Yeah. Verse 47 um, is, is exactly what you're saying, uh, Pastor Jeremy. Uh, what are the priests or the Pharisees of our day doing during this pandemic? And we have insight of by the Holy Spirit as to what the religious leaders in Jesus' day did, and we feel that this is what's taking place in our day, right? And the Holy Spirit gives us insight in John 11 that says, and and I'll go ahead and uh, um, give it over to you, Brother Marty, so we can get into this. It says, then gathered the chief priests and the Pharisees a council, so they counseled together and, says, and said, what do we, it was a question, what do we do? It says, for this man does many miracles. Yeah, let's, 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 get, let's get into this. I think you, you did well in, in, in laying out the framework of, you know, just identifying what's actually occurring uh, at a time in our country, because really the, 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 the last several teachings we've been doing on these podcasts have been have been primarily focused on the the central power establishment within the country of the United States. She really is, that is her establishment religious churches, made up primarily, the most powerful group of it is made up primarily of, you know, the hyper-charismatic, uh, hyper-Pentecostal type uh, establishments. And they have for lo- all uh, over the last several years have, have and decades really have have created a media platform uh that became if you will a type of what was going on during the time of Jesus's first coming that is a centralized establishment that that disseminates a message and and a a, a pseudo gospel if you will throughout all the synagogues of the land creating a climate that would impact and and really affect ministries all across the land. And now this has been a progressive thing, and it's been something that's evolved um, up until this time that we find ourselves in, uh, especially it began really in the mid-70s and has carried on since then. We've seen a transference of generational power, father to son, much like the Eli and Hophni and Phineas kind of transition of power that is now taking place. And, and as a result, what we're putting forth as we have are learning in, in the story of Lazarus, like we've been talking about, uh, what we're putting forth here is that it is no accident that 
as you begin to explore uh, John chapter 11, you see uh, that a sickness comes upon uh, the territory of that time, represented by Lazarus, and that it 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 is it results in in death, and it's just before the Passover season, which is what we've been talking about, as we apply the metaphors and the prophetic lens to these things so that we can understand our times better. And what we're literally saying is, as we have been putting forward, uh, is that these things that we are witnessing, what makes them unique is that they are absolutely uh, affecting every single nation, every single country, every single town and city and village all over the world. And so that's what that's what identifies it as being something that is to be paid attention to by those who are spiritually discerning as to become quite possibly markers and, and identifying events that trigger within our own spirits the understanding that it is quite possible that through this thing that we are witnessing, a switch has been turned on that will that will accelerate the prophetic scriptures and bring us to a conclusion as the Bible foretells will happen. And so that's why this is so unique because every single person on the planet is being affected by this. Every single nation in the West finds itself having to go and close themselves in their houses so that they can't come out. And, and uh, so these are the things we've been talking about. These are the things we've been discussing. And as we've gone through, I encourage the people to go back to podcast eight through eleven, if you will, to to hear all the the the, the background and all this. But I think it'll minister to you. Right. But it, we've come to the point now where Lazarus has been raised from the dead, and Jesus has called him forth from the from the tomb. And and the reason I I brought that up was because of what you guys were sharing, and and that is this that that it was that particular event that began to separate and cause division between the real and the false. You had a well-established, well-entrenched religious power, and then you have those that are following Jesus. And the intensity level was turned up by this very act of resurrecting Lazarus from the dead. Are you there? Amen. And and so, okay, so what you guys were pointing out was that what Brother Jeremy was sharing, what you were sharing, was that already we've begun to see a separation take place. Because unbeknownst to, uh, to, to many of the establishment preachers of the day, their, their actions during this time are going to result in either one of two things. One they will begin to allow the Holy Spirit to bring them to that place of reflection where if they will really think about it, that the fact that their ministries, their churches, their congregations are shut out from their gathering places should cause right. them to have pause, right, and reflect. But rather than, or or two, rather than acknowledging that, that this might be the hand of the Lord trying to get a hold of us, because they're so arrogant, brothers. They are so, by this point in history, they are so convinced of their own doctrine and their own, uh, you know, their own way of, of, of disseminating a false gospel that it hasn't even possibly entered into their minds 
that God has allowed judgment to come to this entire country. Think about the systematic uh, shutting and closing of every facet of our society. Remember when this first started, right. right, which was 12 days ago, right, and about the week leading up to 12 days ago when the president issues a national emergency. Before that, they began to go, oh, my gosh, we just had some basketball stars in the NBA test positive for the virus, right? And then suddenly an edict was issued by David Stern, the head of the NBA, and he shuts down the entire season, basically, because they realized, oh, my gosh, we're going to infect all our fans and so forth. So they began, So God begins to shut down our sports venues and all of our football leagues and all the things, our entertainment, right? The next thing you know, much, the yeah. movie, right? The movie theaters are shut. And then, you know, the restaurants and, and, the, and the clubs and, you know, the all the theme parks. Are, yeah, the theme park. Disney, my God, you know, we're under judgment when Disney shuts the doors. <laughs> <laughs> so, so Disney shuts his door, right? And then, uh, and then the national emergency comes and, and we're told to shelter into place. And even to this day, people don't really get what's going on. Not yet. Not too many days from now, they're going to see some of the most horrific things. And I don't relish in this. I'm just saying it's a fact. Even if we just look at what's taking place in the natural over in Europe, I mean, today, for example, we had almost another 900 people die in Italy and, and over right. a, a, almost a thousand people in Spain. And the, and the virus is spreading in the UK and spreading in France and in Germany. I mean, if we look at what's going on over there, and they're about six to eight weeks ahead of us as far as the evolution of this plague that is sweeping across their land. God is allowing us to see what is headed our way. But rather than the preachers, like you were pointing out earlier, looking at that and discerning death of an enormous scale is coming to the United States, rather than causing them to fall on their face and say, God, help us, help us yeah. to repent, you know, help us to search our hearts and to look for the things that we've, we've done to offend thee. Because God promises to take care of his people but a nation that re rejects the Lord, he must move in his justice in order to justify the wrath that is coming upon the world in the not too many distant days and future. See, God is going to pour out his wrath on all the ungodly and all the wicked. Yes, that is going to come, including a backslidden church. But before that, he begins to deal with the house of God. And this is what Peter says, judgment must begin at the house of God. And so the fact right. that you're mentioning that, that these preachers are, are uh, angling for how the people can give to them, it is the most disgusting, the most outrageously uh, 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 stupid thing that I could possibly hear. It shows yes, and exposes, yeah. right? It, it shows and exposes their heart. You were saying that the, they were going to like pray for someone or send them some oil so they could be healed by this virus or whatever. That is absolute chicanery. That is a con man, and, uh, you know, move. And, and, I'm, and, I'm, and I'm hoping that the church out there will begin to open its eyes and look at these pretenders, these, these false prophets, and see exactly how they're acting. The guy you're talking about over there in Florida, Maldonado, that's where the president went to just before this virus broke out in this country. They gathered yeah. all the powerful elite from his chief spiritual that. advisor, Paula White, to uh, all the other, you know, fair-haired preachers of the day. All the big-time religious guys were there. They all gathered in Maldonado's church, and they began to tout and proclaim 
all this stuff as the president gave a speech. Now, think about this. We were talking about this yesterday. Fernando brought it out and said, which I felt the presence of the Lord when you said it, because you said, when this flushes itself out and when we come out the other end of this and begin to head towards the final days, so to speak, you said that you believed that God was going to uh, open up uh, and, and allow them to do what they're going to do, which is to create a state religion or a religion that that is connected to the state in order for its own uh, uh, preservation, right? In other words, we're going to follow the laws of, of, of Rome rather than the laws of God because what we really care about is maintaining our position and power uh, within the within the structure of the nation. And so that's what we see happened earlier in it, it, earlier. Just, I mean, we're only talking about a few weeks ago when they all gathered in that guy's church. And Jeremy, you were saying about him what that 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 he was saying we pray for you, but we're going to check to see if you've been giving and tithing first before we pray. That was, yeah, yeah, that was another pastor that said that. Yeah, we're going to check first in our accounts because they were told to give and they give the account number. This is another church. But but I they see. said that the, the the shepherd said that or the, the man who calls himself an apostle said we're going to be seeing who gives and for those who are giving are the ones who's going to receive this blessing and this so-called protection from the coronavirus. Unbelievable! Uh, I, that's, I heard that's, it for myself. Yeah, and that's the devil. I mean, flat out. I mean, that's Judas, right? He held the bag. He was the thief. Right. He was the one. He he's the false prophet, right? And the other one. That's the one I'm thinking about. Maldonado. What did he say? He said that he that, that, that the camera. He asked the question, is, is this the will of God, really, for the churches to be closed, you know? And, and really uh -huh. what he was angling is, is to keep his church and, and, and defile government. Really, that's what he's saying, because he was using the book of Acts when the people said, we will, you know, serve God. But that's a different circumstance. <laughs> you <laughs> <Yeah>. know? <laughs> he's, he's, he's angling for, for money. That's what it is. I mean, if you well, didn't, see that, but, right, but and wasn't that what the Lord wasn't that what the Lord was was basically showing us over the last few podcasts, you know, and and, and revealing right. through His Word that that at the bottom line of all this is is their money, and and the shutting of these doors is going to hit their pocketbook heavy. You know, they might be able to endure a week or two, but you know, you make it, you know, two three months, they're coming down, and that's what they're afraid of. And the fact that He would ask the question, the Spirit of God moved on Him to ask the question, is God shutting the churches down? Well, his conclusions were completely false, he, where he says no. And they and they try to wrap it in some pseudo uh, honor thing, right? I mean, like they're they're just so noble, right? They're, they're, they're here for the cause of God. When the whole time for many, many years, all they've been doing is standing up there as false prophets, false shepherds, and causing the people of God to stumble with the lack of authority in the gospel which they preach. And so that's what was, that's Yes, go ahead. And I'm sorry, Brother Marty, and I and I failed to say this, but I, I think it's important for me to interject this too, because we're going to be keep, we're going to continue to do these podcasts as long as God allows us, you know. Yes. But yes. at the end of all of this, the decision that everybody's going to make does not lie on the preacher; it's going to lie at the feet of every individual, every person that is listening. You are going to have, because you cannot stay the same. You're either going to get worse or you're going to come to the truth. And here, here's what I want to tell you, the, to our listeners. At the end of the day, you're going to have to choose. And after you hearing all of these, 
It's on you if you go back to these preachers that many of you are following, that many of you hold as, as men and preachers of God. That's on you. We are giving you the warning. It's up to you what you do. You will not be able to blame your pastor or I didn't know. No, God is giving you the warning. And so this is something we have to reflect. This is so serious of what we're talking about. You're going to have to make a decision if you are going to continue to support these ministers and and and, and hear their their falseness. So, uh, you know, I didn't mention that, but I, I know I needed to do, say this. No, that's exactly right, and that brings us to where we where we'll launch off today, and 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 we'll 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 see where we go from here really quick. But but that's it. An event took place just before Passover that triggered a splitting and a reckoning because it was the Lord who demonstrated His power, bringing Lazarus from the dead from a pandemic that that attacked him, if you will, for the purposes of our study here, uh, and it caused. Uh, a separation you had those it says in verse 45 many of the jews when they saw lazarus raised from the dead uh, when they had seen the things which jesus did they believed on him but but the other half didn't instead they went right back to the establishment they went right back to the mega church so to speak they went right back to the religious ruling class and told them what had happened so that's what you're talking about right there is that an, an accountability is going to be made. If this wasn't a p- important, God would not have placed it in his scripture. He would have simply That's said true. after that, right? But he He shows how that, that they split. Some believed, some didn't. And it's incredible that even under the under the incredible circumstances that we find ourselves in right now, that's really what's taking place, a splitting between the real and the true those that are looking to the Lord and those that are looking to preserve their own ministry and their own establishment. Now, some of them go their ways and they do what? They told them what things Jesus had done. And then it says in verse 47, then gathered the chief priests and the Pharisees to take a counsel to say, what do we do for this man has done many miracles. If we let him alone, everyone's going to believe on him. So as Brother Fernando pointed out, this is the issue. It's a matter of control, and it's a matter of losing position, which which was really revealed in a in a major event that we're talking about. And I think that's what's being revealed right now. But but for the purposes of our study, as the Holy Spirit was leading today, He wants us to glean uh, some very interesting things here because they are. They are, again, I keep using the term prophetic lenses, foreshadow of what of the times that we are living in now. They were historical truths. In other words, it actually happened. We're reading a historical narrative. But the principle of biblical interpretation tells us that what happened in the beginning is what is going to happen in the end. And I'm saying that what we're witnessing right now is quite possibly the beginning of the fulfillment of that. So what the first thing the Holy Spirit has John do is to tell us, because remember, John wasn't in that meeting, right? right. It, it says it right. says right. it says they, the Pharisees gathered a council. John was hanging out with Jesus. So if you can receive it by the Spirit, what the Spirit of God is saying is that in these times and what we're experiencing, revelation of the Spirit will come by the Word. 
to reveal to us what's taking place behind the scenes. Did you hear what I said? That's good. Absolutely. That's good. So this is what John is doing by the Spirit, because he wrote he writes the most spiritual gospel in the whole Bible, I think. But I'm just I'm just uh, I show favorite to John. (laughs) But but so he's saying out of this event, he then says, look what's happening within the community of faith. You're going to have some of the Jews go with Jesus and the others return back to the establishment. These Jews that actually begin to, to, to believe in Christ, I believe they represent that whole body of believers and many of them that have been brought up under the establishment religion. And they never really realized that they really didn't have the real and the true thing. But the Lord in this is moving by his spirit, and he's going to reveal himself to many, many people. And when we come out the other end of this, they are not going to go back to the establishment type pseudo-Christianity. They're going to hang on to Jesus. But it also... It also triggers another group that that digs in and and be and and becomes even more immersed in what this thing has become, this false system, this false church. And it is this event, this major event just before Passover, that that sets these things in motion. Now, by the Spirit, John tells us in in verse 47 that the chief priests and the Pharisees, they gather together in their chambers, in their councils, and he begins to reveal to us what it was they were talking about. And so it is as if the Spirit is telling us, if you have ears to hear and eyes to see, that right now in this time, the Spirit of God is going to reveal things to his servants so that what transpires will not come upon us unaware. We will not be taken by surprise. We will know by the Spirit what is actually taking place. And as we talked about it yesterday, you know, what they're projecting in front of us right now, the media, the Internet, you know, the news stations, everything is focusing on one thing, rightly so, I guess. But we must guard ourselves not to look at the image they want us to see, but to be led by the Spirit into the secret councils of the powers that be, whether they be religious, whether they be uh, or, or globalist, or whether they be, uh, you know, the, 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 the elite of the world, whatever it is, he's saying, don't just look at what they want you to see, and don't just listen to what they're saying. Understand wow. by the Spirit, he can take you behind the curtain and you will see what it is that is about to come out of this. And I think oh. that's why he that's why he takes us here in verse 47. Now remember, the whole process has secret events. I'll give you an example. Remember where it says over in, in John chapter 11, uh, where Lazarus has already died, and in verse 19 it says that many of the Jews came to Martha and Mary to comfort them concerning their brother because he had died. But then it says in verse 20 that Martha hears that Jesus is coming, and she leaves the house. So even there, we see the Spirit of God moving in a secretive way, if you will. Martha represents those that out of this early on have recognized, right? Because there's a whole bunch of events that still needed to take place in the story to bring us to the point we're talking about today. 
But one of those first events was that Martha, who represents a remnant, she becomes w awakened to the sound and the understanding that this event has drawn, is bringing Jesus. He's coming, right? And so yeah. it, it begins It begins to show us almost a secret revelation, if you will, or a knowing or a revelation of the Spirit will begin to happen as we're in the middle of this to many people, like and, and, and many people that represent Martha, right? And she goes out to meet Jesus. She hears that he's coming. That's the first thing that the Spirit is trying to tell us. Jesus is coming, and we need to respond to that. The devil has worked, worked over time, over the generations, to take the message of the second coming of the Lord Jesus Christ and to put it in a museum somewhere where it's been gathering dust so that it is no longer mm -hmm. upfront and, and, and prevalent in the eyes of the believers, which is totally contrary to what the early church was living under, which is, was in an eminent expectation of the return of the Lord, right? They were always looking for his coming. They were always, I mean, they were always saying, will you at this time, or, or you know, we know that the, the kingdom of heaven is at hand, or, you know, behold, I come quickly. They were always living in that expectation. But a sign yeah. of the times is that that very message was replaced with a false gospel, so that over the generations now, we have people that don't even know what you're talking about when you mention the coming of the Lord, or they've been given a distorted truth of the timing of the coming of the Lord. For example, over the last several decades, what emerged in the United States was this entitlement, this doctrinal entitlement mentality, which literally said, you know, we're the church. It's almost as like there was no other church on the face of the planet. It was like the America, I mean, America is the church, right? And, and on top of that, you know, we don't have to worry about about tribulation we don't have to worry about bad things happening because we're all going to be out of here before any of that happens well how's that philosophy working out for you right now mm -hmm. if this isn't a sign of the tribulation or at least the beginning of it i don't know what it because in my 60 yes. years almost 60 years i have never seen anything like what is happening right now globally and so the wow. event that we're going through just like the event of the lazarus pandemic or sickness which resulted in death triggered in martha first which represents a remnant that will hear suddenly come alive to jesus is coming and she leaves the house and goes out to meet him and what she has revealed to her is that he is the resurrection he is the life and so he's basically beginning to reveal by the spirit if you can receive it we're going to understand that this world is passing away, and whether I live or whether I die, I'm going to live because I believe on him. Now, that's uh, the first uh, hint of secret revelation. Now, what does she I do? I've got a question, Brother, Brother Marty. Go ahead. I have, a, I have a question. You said something uh, a few minutes ago that I, I think we I just need to say it again. You said, be careful with focusing on the image and not what's behind it. So yes. what, you do, what you're saying is we're, we're getting a warning. It's, it's, we have to learn how to see beyond what we see, right, in the natural. And we see yes. evidence of that, for example, in the book of Daniel. That's really what it, what it is, is God taking Daniel to see things for what they really are. For example, when there was an image that was presented in the times of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, 
The focus of the people was on the image. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego got a a revelation that goes beyond that. In other words, to see really what this was doing, a spirit that was moving in Babylon at that time. And the same thing could be said today. I, I would say this, people don't focus on the image of the coronavirus. Focus on what God is saying. What is God doing? Why this has come upon us? You know, many times we can make so much, right? Many people, the coronavirus, this, that. But, you know, why is it here? Why has it come upon us? What is God showing us? And, you know, this is just to encourage the believer. We need to focus and see beyond. And just like, remember when, and I know you, you ministered on this years ago, Brother, Brother Marty, when you preached on Daniel and how God literally took Daniel inside the dream of Nebuchadnezzar. Yeah. To literally see things for what they are. And I just wanted to, yeah. to reinforce what you had said uh, right now. With yeah, that. And that, yes, and that's good because that's the point. That's what we're talking about because we're applying the metaphor of the time of Lazarus to a prophetic fulfillment in our time. And remember what you were just saying there is so true because all the events, that transpired in the sickness and death of Lazarus conspired against Mary and Martha or Martha and Mary to simply focus on that. I mean, that's, that's why I was saying, you know, what we hear from the media, what we hear from the internet, what we see from everything is, you know, focus on this. This is the narrative we want you to have your attention drawn to. But, but Martha understood early on because she began to hear something and that is Jesus is coming, which you don't hear anybody really talking about, right? right, but, right. but we are. We're trying in our little, you know, corner of the world to say something. But look at in verse 19, and what I mean by the events were conspiring to keep them thinking like that. Look, in verse 19 of chapter 11, it says, many of the Jews came to Martha and Mary, what? To comfort them concerning their brother. So if you can see and you're spiritually led by the Spirit to become adept enough to see what that means, is that in the event of this sickness that led to death, this pandemic in our time, just like in their time, the Jews came to comfort them concerning their brother. And so it is as if the spirit of the, the enemy wanted to divert their attention for hope in Christ and his coming to simply focus on this one thing, death, sickness, it's over, right? I mean, there's a whole mess going on and not, here. And not, and, not, and not only that, not to keep their uh, focus away from Jesus' coming, uh, but they were comforting uh, uh, the women because of what happened to Lazarus. It's really right. what's being done today uh, by the preachers. They're trying to comfort us supposedly through this pandemic, but the right. Holy Spirit gives John spiritual revelation into their true intention that is taking place behind closed doors. Yes. That's this right. Is what, what, this is what we have to focus on right here. What what we're telling so, the people is, look, you're seeing the preachers, uh, you know, sending some kind of co word of comfort to the nation through this pandemic, and we're going to pray this thing out. But what the Holy Spirit is showing us that he revealed to John is, is the same thing he is doing to his true servants. Like, wait a minute. We see through all this phony stuff, all this hypocrisy that's going forth from, from these false mm -hmm. prophets, 
We know exactly by the spirit what you are doing behind closed doors at the higher levels of the nation yes. and how you're trying to wow. wiggle your way in to make sure that when something like this happens again, that you are well prepared to survive it. You are well prepared to, to make sure, I don't know what's going on, but I sense what's going on. I know they're in talks with political powers about oh, yeah. how, how, how <laughs> can we survive this? How can we yeah. get a bailout if something like this right. happens? And then that's oh, where yeah. the state or government says, well, okay, we'll, we'll go ahead and do that, but you have to line up with, 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 with our political message. You have to change yeah. your message. You have to stop preaching Jesus. And that's what was at stake here is the question was, what do we do with Jesus? Right. Okay? Because yeah. if we don't take care of the situation, then Rome comes and we're out yeah. of business. Right? That's right. So check this out. Yeah. And, and I'll share this with you, Brother Marty, and you can go on. What's going to happen here is the false church is going to buy in completely to the spirit of the age, and their message is going to be compromised. What's going to happen is they're going to have a, a, a message that counters theirs from the true church. Now, that's going to mess things up for them because, uh, you know, as far as they know, the people that are countering the message, the true church, they're Christians as well as they proclaim to. And that's when they are going to begin to uh, uh, kind of uh, go uh, that divide is going to take place, and they're going to begin to label the true Christian message, the true believers, the true church as extremists. Why? Because their message is messing up whatever political alliance they have for financial gain to avoid something like this from taking place again, where their ministries are going broke. And that's what I believe the Holy Spirit is showing us. Yes, that's that's a that's a a huge component to it because we'll see that flush out in its fullness in, in Revelation chapter thirteen verse eleven. But let's let's right. let's take the little journey here, right? Because because as we go back to verse nineteen, they came to comfort her, and what we said before we got there was that all along the Spirit was revealing secret things, and 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 that's why Martha hears it first. But what's interesting about verse 20, where it says, as soon as she heard, nobody is identified as being the one that told her. Let me say that again. Mm -hmm. The Bible says, as soon as she heard that Jesus was coming, she went to meet him. And John doesn't identify any particular person. It wasn't an apostle. It wasn't one of the disciples. It wasn't some little kid. <laughs> it simply says... She heard he was coming. Now, spiritually speaking, that's what we're trying to say. Is like you were talking about right there when we pointed out that when John turns our attention to this secret council of the Pharisees and the chief priests, what he's trying to do is is and what he has been doing in the way that he's writing is showing that all along the way there there is secret uh, revelation being given to his people. That's right. Under this right. under this under this. Uh, this death thing, this sickness that came. Now, Martha, as soon as she heard that Jesus was coming, she goes out to meet him. But because John doesn't identify a particular individual, it, it hints to us, for those who have spiritual ears to hear, that the Spirit of God is moving as he did then, so he is now. And he's beginning to wake people up to the fact 
that the Lord is on his way. And Martha Amen. is representative of that, right? So, but then, then she becomes a focus of doing something secret too, right? By the Spirit. That's right. Because verse 28 says, and when she had so said, she goes her way and she calls right. Mary, her sister, what? Secretly. Right? So we have a stealth Powerful. operation yeah. taking place, right? So I, we could dwell on that for a long time. But then now that sets the stage for the for the real secret, right? Which is, and it's important that we understand what it is that was secretly revealed. Jesus is coming. There's a reason that we need to know that. Because what's going to uh, emerge from this secret council of chapter 47 of the chief priests and the Pharisees taking counsel how they could destroy Jesus is just that is that they're going to coalesce and they're going to entrench themselves and they're going to, as a result of their ultimate rejection and their inability to discern the time of their visitation, they will then be abandoned and given over to what Brother Jeremy was talking about yesterday, the spirit of Cain, the spirit of Balaam, the spirit of Korah. They're going to become that satanic church that will turn. Now, why it was important that John wrote the way he did and applying it to our times is so that we understand it secretly, if you will, or by the spirit of, of wisdom and, and revelation in the knowledge of God, the message is the Lord is coming. And it's important to understand it as an anchor for our soul, because the direction that the end time church is headed into, it is not one of bells and whistles and balloons and birthday cakes. We have been warned that out of this event and events like it, the powers that be behind the scenes, behind the curtains, in all their ivory towers are busily at work, which they have been for many years now, uh, assembling a framework that's going to enslave the whole world. And this establishment type church that we're talking about, they're going to join and fuse themselves with it in order to maintain their place and their ministry. Now, so John says, and, and, and by the way he writes, is revealing to us that, okay, this is happening, but now I'm going to take you deeper in the Spirit, because by the Spirit, you're going to know what is taking place behind the scenes. And that's what begins to unfold. Someone rises in the midst of this in verse 49, right? It says, one of them, John 11:49, Caiaphas. Being the high priest that same year, he says to them, you, you don't understand anything at all, and you, and nor consider that it is better for us, this is where the choice is made, until he be taken out of the way. That's what Paul said in Thessalonians to the church that was looking for when the Antichrist would come in the first century. He says, wait a minute, there's a whole bunch of stuff that needs to play out first. He says, but when you see a church that begins to fall away, you will then see a ministry that will something will trigger within it uh, something that removes Christ completely out of the way. That's what is Second uh, Thessalonians chapter two verse seven, right? Only he that mm -hmm. letteth will let until what he be taken out of the way. Then that wicked one shall be revealed, right? So this is what we see being set in motion out of this sickness, this event, this resurrection of Lazarus, all this stuff. The curtains being pulled back, and he's saying. 
Look what they began to do behind the scenes when all this was going on. And so Caiaphas stands up. And I guess this is where we'll focus for, for now. Listen, what does he represent? Yes, that actually happened. But we know from the book of Revelation, chapter 13, that a Caiaphas is going to rise up in the last day. And let's take a look at that really quick. Because what we see in Revelation chapter 13, and we only have a few minutes, and it took us a long time to get here, but I think it was important, the things that we were sharing today. Are you there? Yes, amen. Yes. Amen. Yes. Amen. Okay. Revelation chapter 13, verse 9. Let's start there. Emphasize to us, to emphasize to us that of the transition, he, he, he alerts us and says, if any man has an ear, let him hear. And then he says this, persecution's coming. He that leadeth into captivity shall go into captivity. He that killeth with the sword must be killed with the sword. And then he says this, here is the patience and the faith of the saints. And then he says this, suddenly after that statement is made, he says, I beheld another beast coming up out of the earth. And he has two horns like a lamb. He speaks like a dragon, right? And so what we're, what we're seeing in the Caiaphas narrative is a foreshadow of this false prophet, this, this one that rises, that looks like, right? He looks like a lamb. Caiaphas looked like the high priest. But really what is empowering him is, is the dragon. He begins to speak. Uh, as a dragon, he he begins to be overtaken by the spirit of, of the devil, man, of the Antichrist. Wow. Because the result of what he does, right? The result of what he does is is that he causes an image to be made to the beast. He causes a a mark to be instituted, and it's all driven by economics. Look at what he says. In uh, verse 16, he says, he causes all, both small and great, rich and poor, free and bond, to receive a mark in their right hand or in their foreheads. Why? So that no one can buy or sell. This is economy. This is a global enslavement that that is going to come. And we see the same thing in the historical narrative of Caiaphas. He is a foreshadow of that of that false prophet that aligns itself with the beast system, all taking place behind the scenes during the Lazarus, Lazarus narrative. But John, by the way he wrote, is saying, first Martha's going to understand Jesus is coming. Secretly, it'll be revealed to Mary. And then secretly, the Holy Spirit is going to pull the curtain back to those kinds of people who believe on Jesus and who have been warned of, of what's coming and who know that he's coming, it will be an anchor for their soul. And I'm going to peel back the curtain and show you this secret religious council in league with a beast system is going to stand up and then turn itself toward Jesus or those that are his in the last days and seek to destroy it and take it out of the way. Are you there? Incredible. <laughs> You know, you know, you said something earlier. Um, you said that uh, no one came to Martha to tell her that Jesus is coming. She has some kind of secret revelation from the Holy Spirit. And it's almost you. like the Lord, 
uh, say that again? Right. He knew. It, it's as the way she John knew, wrote yes. it. Yeah. Yes. It's a revealing and, and, out of the event. <laughs> and, it's, and, it's, and it's strange because uh, we, if you liken it to our day, uh, we, we are not hearing the message of its coming. Right. Coming from our pulpits in America. And it's almost like the Lord is using this pandemic to get forth that message or at least to make the people ask the question, is he coming? Yes. Is is this something that is taking place because he is coming? So because the preachers are not preaching about his coming, it's almost like he has to allow these things to happen to remind the people that he is coming and to begin to ask the question, are you coming? And and I believe that uh, people will come out of this and say, hey, we're closer than when we first began. He is coming. And if he is coming, then what the book of Revelation talks about, the book of, Ta- of Daniel talks about, it is being triggered and is being opened, and we are now headed in the direction that has been prophesied of old, that the things that would take place prior to his coming. That's, that's exactly what, that's right. That's what we're saying. That's, that's what we're exactly saying right, right now. It's like, and that's what yes. you have to consider as a listener. Wait a minute. Yes. You know, because this is what 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 is taking place, and this is what's occurring in people's lives. They're they it's almost the forgotten message of the church that Jesus is coming. It's like they're they're starting to contemplate on it again without anybody telling them. Just looking at the situation that is taking place around the globe is causing uh, their minds to ask the question: Whoa, are we at the end? Right? Because That's you amazing. see the words that are being you see the words that is being used in the media: apocalyptic. Midnight. Exodus. <laughs> Midnight. Right? And it's almost like yeah. the Lord is using the world. And and isn't that, that what John is said? Coming. Isn't that what John said about Caiaphas? He said he, he he didn't come up with this idea himself, verse 51. He says he was prophesying and he didn't even know it. Right? It would be better for mm-hmm. Jesus to die. Right, he was prophesying. Did he know what you're saying? You know, they're saying midnight. It's an apocalyptic event. It's a plague. It's the Exodus. All that stuff, right? They're prophesying and they don't even know it. And what's a, what's amazing is that the the revelation of the message that Jesus is coming came to a remnant and not to the elite of that time, to the That's remnant, right. to the Marthas, to the Lazarus, to the Marys of the world. Mary. This is and even contrast. part of the Jews. <laughs> yes, yes. Yeah. Right. And this is right. in very contrast to what we hear today in America with our preachers who we hold in such high regard. And, and we use verses. They use verses. Touch not God's anointed. And we have the word. The people are so dependent upon them. And they're missing. They're missing that they are, the, the message is, will not come through them. The message will come. The revelation that Jesus Christ is coming will come to a remnant that is looking for the coming of the Lord, to a remnant that is tired of of, of religion, tired of, of what we see, the gospel that is being preached. But I just wanted to bring that point up, that the message, yes. the revelation of Jesus coming did not come to the elite. It came. It didn't come to those that walk in in Washington. It did not come to those who have mega ministries on television. It did not come to those who have mega churches and, and, and sell mega and sell millions of books and are in America's top selling books. It came to a remnant, the Marys, 
the Lazarus, the Marthas of the world. Yes, that's right. Mm-hmm. And, 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 and that is how it's always been. Right. And it starts with a Moses and an Aaron before it disseminates down into the to the general um, population of the people. It's always just a few. It's always just a handful. It's always been that way. Many are the called, few are the selected or the chosen. So so let's take a look at this. Right. Because this Caiaphas is a foreshadow of the very false prophet that will arise in these times. And before that transpires, John, by the Spirit, allows us to see what was happening in the secret councils at, at the highest places of power. And it's the first time in the entire story, as we pointed out, that the global government is mentioned is in verse 48, right, where he's worried about the Romans. You know, these are all symbols and figures and types and shadows, though historically true in, in, their, in their basest sense, that is their most plainest sense. They represent the foreshadow of what would happen at the end, because what happens in the beginning happens in the end. Now, there's three things that are revealed in verse 51. Jesus dies. That's what they're saying. We need to kill Jesus. But the result of this persecution that's coming, because that's what John is revealing. This event, he said, you know, in advance of Passover, this all happened. This event, he said, revealed to Martha secretly revealed to Mary secretly and then and then other out of it comes other revelation that is that the event itself first having revealed that Jesus is coming Mary and Martha by the spirit is meant to anchor your soul for what I'm about to show you behind the curtain represented by Caiaphas the council and the chief priest and the Roman government right so that's what he's saying by the spirit and so he says the result is going to be verse 52 that not only for the nation uh, but that he should also gather together in one the children of god that are scattered abroad now so what john is revealing in recording this is that the events at the end of time are going to result in that is that it's going to gather the true church together when it's all said and done and in verse 53 it goes on then to say it was from that day forward the day that Lazarus was risen from the dead, from that day forward, they literally are given over to the spirit of the devil because they take counsel how to put him to death. So what I'm telling you right now by the spirit of God and according to all the scriptures we'll be getting into in the coming days is that coming out of this, we're going to see a global system emerge. And behind the scenes, what they're trying to figure out is there's one thing that's standing in our way that will resist us, really. Wow. It, it's those who know the Lord. And so we're going to have to figure out a way to, to, to remove the very thing that is keeping the entire thing from being one. And that is Incredible. what the book of Revelation reveals, right? So if it's from that day, and I think that's what we're going to see now, is that out of this comes forth the decree that we're going to have to go after these people. They may not say it openly, but the events that unfold as we get into the days that are coming ahead, Lord willing, will show us and prove to us that what they're going to do and what they're trying to do is to, when we emerge out of this, and it might be a year, it might be several months, but when we come out the other end of this, everything will have been accelerated and everything will converge and is designed to come against the true church and to come against Israel 
in these last days. It's from that day forth that they begin to take counsel to put him to death. And it's from that day forth, and this is a, this is a word to you out there. Verse 54, at that point, he says, Jesus therefore walks no more openly amongst the Jews. God is going to cause us to emerge from this with a different expression of what it really means to be a believer and to, to be part of a congregation in a church. You will not be able to walk openly. And, and it's going to be, a, it's a mind warp, man. I mean, because we have been so programmed to view yeah. church as a physical building, you know, where we all go to it. Now, I'm not saying, you know, it's the end of churches as we know it, but it is. But not yeah. for very long will the true church be able to gather openly because they're coming after us. Ah, see, people don't want to hear that. But remember, the revelation was first given to Martha and Mary that he's coming. It is the anchor of our soul. And this is what this is where the rubber meets the road, if you will. Because everything is being turned up. The heat is being turned up. And and what you believe is about to be tested. Every single person in this right. country is going to be touched by this plague and this thing. And yes. out of it, all that is happening, everything that is going on behind the scenes is going to lead to this thing that we're talking about that the book of Revelation and the holy prophets and apostles told us some 2,000, 3,000 years ago. Jesus walks no more openly. A redefinition of what it means to serve the Lord in these times is coming. There will be a, a true moment of time where we can no longer walk openly unless you just want to get slaughtered <laughs> because that's what's coming. Yeah. I, hate to say, I don't say that with joy. I'm just saying that's what's coming. But but the truth of the matter is is that that's not the end. You know, that's not the right. end. It's a beginning. Now, listen. Uh, so he walks no more openly, but what happens? But he goes from there unto the country to what? A wilderness, Right? He goes to a wilderness to a city called Ephraim, and there he continues with his disciples. My God, brothers, if you can see it, that's exactly what happens in Revelation chapter 12. Take a look at this. Right. Are you there? Yes. Revelation 12. Look at, John has this incredible vision, which is very symbolic, and it can be interpreted in several different ways, but for the purposes of our study here today and what we're saying by the Spirit, those of you can hear, can hear. The Bible says this. It says, it says that in verse, let's look at, let's look at verse nine. It says, the dragon was cast out, that old serpent called the devil, 12, nine, Satan, which deceives the whole world. He's cast out into the earth and his angels are cast out with him, Right. So this is what's the, the the final conflict that's coming down upon the planet will 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 result in the devil himself coming down and knowing that he has but a short time. And what happens is is that once he's cast out of heaven in verse 10 it says there's a loud voice saying in heaven 
Now has come salvation, strength, the kingdom of our God, and the power of his Christ. Why? Because the accuser of our brothers is cast down, which accused them before the Lord day and night. Now listen, the people on the earth at this time are they that overcome him by the blood of the Lamb, the word of their testimony, which is what? What is the testimony of Jesus Christ? The spirit of prophecy. Those who understand the prophetic scriptures led by the spirit, it is, the, it is a key component to overcoming. And they love not their lives unto death. Jesus said, take up your cross and follow me. And then he says this, therefore rejoice heavens and you that dwell in them, but woe to the inhabitants of the earth and the sea. Why? Because the devil has come down to you having great wrath because he knows something. He knows that he has but a short time. I believe this is why we have seen everything that we're seeing right now an escalation of all sorts, whether it be the locust plague in, in Africa or the pandemic that's broken out across the face of the globe, or like we were sharing yesterday, uh, some kid, I had I was listening to a brother the other day, Naftali, and he pointed out, and I went to research, and that's when I sent you all the pictures, that this kid um, took a picture of a comet that's coming to the earth. And NASA reports, I was looking, I think I sent you the articles and the pictures, NASA says, yeah that it's a comet that hasn't been here for hundreds of years. And in the next couple of weeks, we're all going to be able to see it. All of us, just like Hale-Bopp before, right? We're all going to be able to see it. And it's going to be visible right around the time of Passover or Easter, just in a couple of weeks. So now we have, we have, we have signs in the heavens. We've got earthquakes. We had tornadoes in Arkansas yesterday. We've got a global pandemic. I mean, you can't make this stuff up, man. And, so, and what's the name of the comet, brother? <laughs> Tell them yeah, the name of that's the comet. really interesting. The name of the comet is C-19, which is kind of weird, right? Because that's what they call the, the, the coronavirus, right? COVID-19. Right. I'm not right. saying it's, you know, but it is kind of coincidental, ain't it? So, <laughs> yeah, right, right. <laughs> you know? So the devil comes down to you having great wrath because he knows it has a short time. Now check this out. When the devil saw that he was cast into the earth, what does he do? He persecutes the the woman which brings forth the man-child. His attention is going to be turned toward the nation of Israel and towards those that are the remnant of Christ, right? He, which you can read in verse 17. But look what he does. The woman was given two wings of a great eagle. We ain't got time to get into all that. But where does she go? She flies into the wilderness, right? The wilderness. That's what led me here. Because that's what Jesus did with his disciples, right? Look at what it right. says that the devil does in verse 15. The serpent casts out of his mouth water like a flood after the woman that he might be cause her to be carried away of the flood. Okay, what does this mean, Brother Mark? Now I'm really confused. Well, we're talking about Caiaphas, right? And what did he do? to come after Jesus and his disciples and his church and those who believed him in, he began to speak. And that's what we see happens with the serpent. Water is a type of the word, is it not? Because in, in the mm -hmm. scripture, it's called the washing of the water by the word, right? So this is a doctrine of Satan that is cast out toward the church, toward Israel wow. and the church, right? So what you see, now go back over here, what you see in John chapter 11 is the same thing. Caiaphas is casting out a word 
it's like that water. It's very much a foreshadow of the water that will is coming for a doctrine that comes against Jesus. And 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 what does Jesus do? He goes to the wilderness. He is so deep; it's beyond anything that we could possibly describe. But it's the same pattern that we see in Revelation chapter two, where the woman goes off into the wilderness. Right? He takes his disciples into a country near the wilderness. This is a foreshadow of Revelation chapter 12, verse 14, 15, 16, and 17. And it's very interesting where he goes. Now, there's much debate over, you know, what city this is and stuff like that. But the way it is here, it says Ephraim. It means the territory of Ephraim. Why is this significant? Because I believe Christ was identifying himself at that time with the territory of Ephraim. Ephraim is the tribe that Joshua came from, and Jesus is our heavenly Joshua. It was as if he was saying, I am that Joshua that led yes. you into the promised land. And so he goes here and is rejected. You know, he has no inheritance. An inheritance is coming. And there he continues with his disciples. And that's when we're told all of the things we've been talking about, that Passover is near. Right? Verse 55? Right, right. And then and then what happens in them is they begin to expect Jesus and begin to wonder, is this, is he going to come? Is he going to be around? Verse 56, right? They seek for Jesus and they speak one to each other saying, as they stood in the temple, what do you think? Is he going to come to the feast or not? In other words, is he really coming or not? Mm. And this is the, this is where we've come to right now. Tomorrow, Lord willing, we'll get into a much more, we'll just take it from here, right? We're going to begin to show what we believe John revealed to us behind the curtain. We're going to go into some very interesting places because what we've put forth today is that in this pandemic, there is a move by the Spirit that is waking people up. His true church, his remnant church is hearing Jesus is coming, just like Martha and Mary. The revelation of his coming is necessary, and the revelation of his power to revive and resurrect is necessary in order to anchor our souls for the tribulation that is just ahead for us all as his church. And so what we will begin to see, as we have revealed here in, in John chapter 11, is that all the pieces are being placed in, in their position while everybody else is looking over here at what the media wants you to see. Let the Spirit of God take you behind the scenes and show you what else is going on behind the curtain. And what you're seeing is the framework is now being rolled out of the of the warehouse of their insidious plans they've been making for the last several decades. They're dusting it all off, and they're beginning to, to construct it. And when we come out the other end, it's going to be a completely different new world. But God's children will know precisely what's coming. And we will adjust ourselves accordingly as we're led by the Spirit, as Jesus took his disciples and walked no more openly amongst the compromised. Can you say amen? Amen. 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 John eleven fifty three it says, Then from that day forth they took counsel together for to put him to death and, and you liken Caiaphas to the false prophet. Uh, we see the spirit of the false prophet already moving through 
uh, yes. fall, uh, in the church through false prophets. And, and, and he's basically saying there's, there's only one thing that stands in the way from us, uh, you know, having our way, you know, and, and that's Jesus. So yes. uh, we see that the fa- false prophet and, and the beast go after a remnant church in, in the book of Revelation. Um, so we see what's coming. This is it's a hard reality, but what's coming our way, and it's been in the works, um, spiritually is and and physically, because it's already happening around the world. It, it's persecution towards the, yes. the the true saints of God. That's what stands in the way right now from this one world global government uh, taking uh, place, right, and manifesting itself, uh, setting the the platform for the man of sin to be revealed. But and brother Fernando, don't, don't we? Yeah, wait, don't we see that? Haven't we been seeing that in China? I mean, did, most yeah, people don't know absolutely. this, but, but but when they locked down Wuhan and, and, and Hubei province and most of the other na- uh, nations, I saw uh, Associated Press, Reuters, and, and, and pictures from over there that in the midst of the coronavirus over there, when they locked everybody down, which is what you were talking about, they went about uh, destroying the churches. They, I mean, they burned them to them. the ground, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, yes, because right. what do they know? What does this monolithic, you know, draconian communist system knows? The only thing that is hindering us from literally taking over our whole nation without resistance is the church. Go ahead, brother. Wow. No, and uh, sorry if there's uh, some loud sounds in the background over here. But uh, right. politically, politically, what the question is, what stands in the way of this one world government forming itself? America. That's right. America is what stands in the way. Right? The only way to bring America to its knees and to lose its sovereignty, it's financially. Okay? Yes. Well, how we will emerge from this financially, how America will, you know, <laughs> come out of this financially, we don't know. But the numbers aren't that pretty. You know, I'm not I'm not looking at the stock market and all that stuff. That's 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 all that's a pseudo a pseudo uh economy. Right? Yes. But we'll we'll see what really takes place after and that's hard for believers in America to want to digest, right? And and, and, and believe. Not America. We're in revival right now. The preachers have another <laughs> Washington. Right? Right. You right. Know? And and that was the attitude of the disciples, brother Marty and, and Jeremy Jeremiah. In, in 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 his day, right? They thought Jesus would come, make Israel great again, and and bring some kind of a Davidic kingdom back to their day. This is what yeah, they were they, were, wear, they were wearing. Yeah, they were wearing mega mega yarmulkes, right? Make, <laughs> make Israel, Israel great again. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and that's what <laughs> Christians in America fear. You know, so they're rallying behind yes, this political leader, this president, because they want to go back to the good old days of America. And what the mm. Lord is saying is that's not going to happen. That's not what Scripture says is going to happen. That's right, right? brother. There will be a one-world government implemented. So, and this and this could be the event that's gonna that's bringing it forth. That's, that's what we're saying, is. right? Yeah, that's what I think the exactly Spirit of God is showing us. Yeah. And we need to get ready for that. That's that's what we were trying to say earlier was that I believe that's why God revealed to Martha and Mary he's coming. It's going to be the anchor for our soul. What we don't want to hear is what the Lord has always told us, that 
in these times, you're going to have to take up your cross and follow me. And tomorrow we're going to get into that. We're going to go from another place in scripture tomorrow and enlarge the thoughts and the, and the conversations we're having right now. Because what we're going to look at, and you and I have talked about this before, Brother Fernando, in Matthew 16, is that Jesus uh, asks his disciples, who do men say that I am? And then what he says is a secret revelation, right? He tells Peter, flesh and blood has not revealed this unto you. That's that secret revelation we're talking about. But my Father, which is in heaven. And then from that point on, he begins, the Bible says, to reveal to them that he has to go to Jerusalem and die. That message was not the message that he wanted to hear. And it is not the message that the church wants to hear right now. But they don't get it because what does Jesus say to him? What does Peter do when Jesus reveals to him there's coming some tribulation here? There's coming some possibly some martyrdom here. I myself am going to be betrayed and crucified. I'll rise on the third day. And Peter interrupts him and says, no, Lord, be it far from you. Wow. It can't be like Right? And, And so that's what we'll get into tomorrow. And how Jesus responds to it, what he says is what? What does it profit a man if he loses, mm. if he gains the whole world, but loses his soul? There because what he's alluding to is that economic mark of the beast system that was coming. Because the only way you can lose your soul when you refuse to hear the message of a persecution right. that's coming is by joining yourself to the whole world. But you'll lose your soul. That's, right. that's that's what he was talking about. That's what we'll explore tomorrow, because it culminates, Powerful. brother, by being taken up to a high mountain and seeing the glory of the Lord. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. <laughs> glory to God. Somebody pray. <laughs> Hallelujah. Well, if you if you have eyes to see, well, to our to our listeners today as we get ready to close. If you have eyes to see, ears to hear, consider. See, one one of a few things may happen. You may simply just say, you know what? I'm going to choose to ignore what you're saying and just act like nothing is happening. Mm -hmm. Or you can simply think what we're saying. We are so far off. We're wrong. That's okay. (laughs) Or I, I, I pose the question to you. What if what we're telling you is true? Because if it is true, we are in trouble. If it is true, then you better get ready now because what is coming to this world, you will not be able to withstand it without the Spirit of the Lord, without the Word of God, without understanding what is taking place. Now, you may say, well, what if it's not true? Then if it's not true, we still win because you know what? At the end, then maybe things will be like you say. We're going to be singing Kumbaya with the president. We're, uh, you know, uh, we're going to be, uh, the world will be at peace and we'll be prosperous. We win either way. But what if what we're telling you is true? Consider these things. Because in a lot too distant future, we already have entered. We have entered it or we're at the beginning stages. And what we're talking about, it's only going to get worse, but we find encouragement that God is revealing these things to those that are hungry. God is revealing to a remnant that says, Lord, 
we want to follow you. We must have eyes to see and ears to hear what the Spirit of the Lord is saying. The question that I leave you. Yes. Oh, um, I just want to direct myself to the listeners, um, and I I really I want to challenge them to really put to the test what they're hearing through these podcasts. Put it to the test through God's word, and they're going to see that what we're saying is is actually true, and what we're saying is we're, we're declaring the word of God, and and the responsibility falls on the listeners because they have access to God's word. To the complete word of God, and it's yes. up to the listeners to what they do with that word. If they receive it or if they reject it, because if they reject it, the blood falls on their own hands. Because each and every one, each and every one that's listening is responsible for their own salvation. And we've done we've done our job here as as men of God to to declare the word of God to you, to declare what the Lord is saying. And I challenge the listeners to put it to the test of what we're saying because it actually is true and it's in the word. And and really be like the, the church, in the, uh, the Berean church that would go and they would search the scriptures to see if what we're saying is actually true. And I encourage the listeners to do that with every preacher, to put it to the test to what God is saying because the responsibility falls on them. And that's all I wanted to add. That's excellent. Yes. Yeah. That's excellent. You know, listen. Yeah, listen to what your preacher is saying and see if and examine if in any time he is speaking about the coming of the Lord. Examine even if he's mentioning the word Jesus in his messages. That should tell you everything. So these are the times that we are living. We pray that you are challenged and we pray that uh, this is a blessing to your life. I know we've gone over a little bit what we usually come through, but this is so important with what God is saying and we hope that you can join us tomorrow and be with us and and listen as we continue to expand more and more on what is coming may the Lord bless you may the Lord keep you and we pray that God will show you these things God bless you <laughs>